Welcome back for another bonus episode with another special guest. And today I've brought on a guest who's from my mastermind, my high-end mastermind that I know that I've spoken about on some of the solo episodes that I've done. Well, this is another one of my favorite mastermind ladies, and I'm so excited that she is going to, we're we're just going to, we're just going to have a great conversation and share stuff with you. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lorian Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. Kim Argetsinger is a mindset coach and business mentor, and she's on a mission to help her clients create a version of success and make money while they're doing what they love. Kim built her own successful multi six-figure business with consistent 5K cash months without ads or some sort of complicated funnels. Oh boy, I know that you guys definitely want to learn about that. She has a degree in psychology, is a mentor, masterclass, certified life coach. More importantly, Kim loves supporting her clients and helping them get and stay out of their own way to create their own simple process. Because as her and I both believe, there is no one size fits all formula. And that's not how coaching should be. Kim's obsessed with how the brain works. Part of the reason why her and I get along so well. She's also obsessed with all things mindset, business psychology, and relationship-based approach to marketing. She is also, this is what's fascinating, an ex-actress who started in Manhattan. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So please help me welcome Kim. Well, hello, Miss Kim. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that you're here too. So this is what I do with uh, all of my guests. I got a couple of questions for you before we start diving in. What are you super proud of? Oh gosh, that's such a big question. What am I super proud of? I am super proud of building a business that I love. I feel like I walk my message. I talk about building a business you love that's also profitable. And I feel like I have a business that literally makes me want to cry happy tears and that I've done it my way even though I've been told plenty of times to do it different ways and that I literally love working in and on. And I'm so proud of that. Oh, that is so wonderful that you built something that you're super proud of. And I know we're going to, we're going to have to dive a little bit more into doing it your own way, because I think that's really important for people to hear. What habit could you not live without? Mindset work. Is that a habit? Does that count as a habit? (laughs) Is a habit. <laughs> um, daily mindset work. It's so funny because I know you well. I just want to like throw these questions back at you. But yes, daily, that is a habit. Everyday mindset work. For me, so is- it's pen and paper, journaling, paper. affirmations. Mm-hmm. I mean, also sometimes I ask myself questions and self-coach, but it's always pen and paper for me. Perfect. Me too. I mean, there's something about physically writing that I think is just so hugely beneficial besides the fact that it's, you know, it's really good for our brains and neuroscience wise. I was just going to say, I know you know this. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about doing it your way because you're right. Um, 
in the beginning of my business. And I'll even like go back to like in the beginning of like I'm starting and growing a speaking business that I'd go to National Speakers Association meetings and this is how you got to do it. And then the following month, there was another speaker. This is how you got to do it. And it's like, oh my, I mean, like that's just, to me, my opinion is it just leads to a lot of confusion. So when you say, I did it my way, how did you like shut out all the noise? First, I can only imagine in that space, like I think this is such a good example because there must be, because it's also a performance in some ways when you're speaking. So I have to imagine there's so much there in terms of like, this is the way you should be doing it to be successful. So I appreciate that a lot for me. So everyone listening doesn't know this. I spent 10 years in the acting world in LA doing the acting thing before starting my business and what led to me doing that in the first place. I've always, I think from being young, just had this belief that you can do whatever you put your mind to, you can create anything you want and that you can do things your way. So I literally gave up a PhD program in psychology to go to LA to act. That was very much like, I'm going to do things my way, like success gets to look however you want. So I think it's just been a like mindset I've always had. So when I started my business, the whole reason I started this is I wanted to do something like I didn't need to stop the job I hated. I just like was doing this because I wanted to do something that felt good. So I wasn't going to do it unless I could do it my way, I think was sort of that mentality. And otherwise, I just wasn't going to do it at all. Does that make sense? It, it does. Because then it's not fun. And I think by us being coaches who did do it our way, and it helps like our clients because we encourage them, no, no, like don't, there is no one, two, three, four step formula. How do you want it? How do you want this to look? What do you enjoy so much doing? Because look, that's a great starting off point. What do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing? What feels good to you? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes like looking like from where we're now, like, I don't know if me, what has it been four and a half years, four and a half years ago, like, could have believed it this like that it could turn out to be this it was almost like I like what you don't know sometimes is a blessing because I was almost like I went in naive where it's like well of course I can do it my way like of course this was like almost better that I didn't know all the noise because I wonder then had I had more noise if it would have been more daunting and gotten in my way more Mm -hmm. you know something else that I was um, talking to another guest about was do you ever um, when you started this did you ever think like so far ahead? Because, and the reason why I'm asking is because you just said, um, I'm glad I didn't know all that stuff because I'm glad I was sort of naive to doing it and I could do it my way. Do you ever think like way down, down the road does that? Because sometimes I, I find some of my clients like that overwhelms them. Like, oh my God, like to have you know, like a 500K business, to have a million dollar business, they're like, oh my God. I think, well, I, I, I don't know if this answers the question, but what comes up for me when you say that, I, re, I feel like what happened for me is I came in not knowing all of that. Like, I, mm-hmm. like my goal is that I, like, I love this work and I believe in it so much because it's helped me so much. I want to make money doing work I love, period, and like be able to pay my bills. But I think what happened is I got into the business, started learning online business, started having some success. And then it was almost like then I got in my own way. Like I had some success and then I learned a bunch. And then I started looking forward in terms of like, here are all the things you could do and the way it could look. And it was almost like I did it backwards. It was like, started to grow 
everything you're talking about here, like that you're saying comes up for your clients sometimes and then got in my own way. And I think in that way, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, but this is what it should look like. Am I doing it wrong? And it was almost like I took two steps backwards mm-hmm. and very much resonate with what you're saying there. So it's a long winded way of saying yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm doing it wrong. Yes. I must and be doing it wrong, even though it's working. So let me change everything. <laughs> so when you said like, like I had, um, you know, when we were talking before we started recording, you know, like you got your first client from an Instagram post, a Facebook group and your email list. Talk to us about that because I think a lot of people like want to know that, like, where do I get my first few clients? How do I get my first few clients? I, I think this was in like kind of what we're talking about. Like I, I like knew more than I gave myself credit for, but I also had the blessing of being naive. And so I thought, well, okay, I want clients. I'm going to put out, like literally my business plan was someone asked me, I'm like, I'm going to put out content and I'm going to invite people into calls and give them free coaching calls and I'm going to book clients. And so I did that. <laughs> it sounds so overly simple, but that I went into Facebook groups and I share content. I asked, answered people's questions and invited people into calls. And I did the same on Instagram. And with my email list, I like, I knew enough. I started a blog, even though people told me blogging was stupid. I started a blog and all of those led to calls and clients. And it was very simple, but the funny thing, just to piggyback what we were talking about is, and then I learned about business and I started overcomplicating things. And it was just really interesting to see what I've now gone back to is pretty much what I was doing when I started my business, not what I was doing when I learned a whole bunch of cool things to do. That's, it's kind of funny that, you know, the, the, oh my God, then I started learning about business, learning about the online space. And then it's like, oh my God, I must be doing this wrong. It's almost like, you know, and I, I, I know, I think that you do this. I know that I do it. Like I, you got to tell your clients to put blinders on. Stop paying attention because that stuff is what distracts us. Like focus on the simple things. Just like you said, you put out content, you answered questions, you invited people to a call. Done. It's almost too simple that I think our brains are like, wait, what? <laughs> I yeah. also, I don't know if this comes up for your clients or if this comes up for you, but I think with the blinder, cause I'm so, like focus, 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 focus is I think then if there was a secret, it's part of the secret. But I think what also happens when things feel easy, it's like, we don't count, like that must not count. And our brain is like, it must be more complicated. And so we almost discount it. But I think when you start and you go in a little naive, you, you also don't know how hard it could be. You haven't heard all the struggle stories. You're like, oh, but like, it could just be this simple. And so I think it's this funny dichotomy. You go in with the mindset really you should have. And then because your blinders get taken off, you see everyone in the online space talk about maybe it being hard and think, oh, it must be hard. Let me complicate things. Right. So almost like so that we fit in. It's like, well, it's supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. So how do I make like our brains are just so they give us what we want. You mm-hmm. want to overcomplicate things? Fine. Like we'll overcomplicate things. I'll put stuff in your way. Mm-hmm. You want to fit in and be like everyone else who's saying it's hard? No problem. I got you. <laughs> it's so true. So true. Um, when did you start getting fascinated with brain science? So my degree in college is in psychology. So 
probably sometime before then. I, I feel like for as long as I can remember, I've been fascinated with people and what makes people tick. It's yes. always been psychology for me or acting and acting is it's studying human behavior. I think in college, I probably started getting fascinated more just like what's going on in our brain and then took a big sidestep into acting where if I was learning about it, it wasn't like on a neuroscience level. When I got into the coaching space, I think that's when that like fire got turned up where I was like, I want to understand like what's going on up here because I just find it so fascinating and I find it simplifies all of the emotions that can seem confusing when we kind of have an understanding of like, Oh, it's just our brain being our brain. Yeah. And I think it, it helps us like as coaches to understand our brains, to be able to help our clients. Oh, this is what's going on with your brain. This is, you know, it's, it's your brain. That's like, that self is part of the reason why you're self-sabotaging. You know, you want one thing, but you have this other, you have this opposing belief, you know, and that's just one example but our brains are literally like the foundation. It's our operating system. It's our, it's our operating system. And the way you just said that there, I feel like that just normalizes everything too, where suddenly it, it allows us to create separation where it's like, it's not you, it's your brain. It's you being human. It's your humanness. And so it's like, and then I think it's easier for us also to look at like, oh, if it's our operating system and it's not me as a person and my worth, it's so much easier to like, let's go in and tinker with the operating system instead of I got to fix me because there's something wrong with me. Right. Because there's nothing wrong with you. Let's just, let's just peek at your brain. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just, you know, and let's just figure it out because there's that, the things that we want, which I think is very left brain, that logical side. Yes. I want to have the, the 5k months, but then there's the, this other belief on the other side, the emotional side, that's like, I can't, like, no, no, no. I like, I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to make that kind of money. And like, like that's what holds us back. It's that underlying stuff. The underlying stuff is kind of all the stuff. <laughs> it's all the stuff. Yes. Which leads us, which is a great walkway into mindset. <laughs> mindset. <laughs> Let's talk about mindset. Because it's so, I, I really think it's so important. You know, one of my podcast episodes was, and maybe you've heard me talk about this, um, the push-up exercise. Have, you ever, have I ever shared this? Like I know all oh your stuff. God. Wait, I want to hear the push-up exercise. So the push-up exercise came from um, within the past, uh, I think five or six years. I, would, I had gone to the gym and I'm just realizing, noticing my thoughts when I'm doing certain like, like squats or push-ups. And it's like, if I was having these bad or heavy or negative thoughts, it was so hard to do. But then if I like turned it around and said, no, no, this is easy. This is easy. I got this. I can do one more. It was so much easier. So here's the push-up exercise that I will give clients. I will tell them to, you're going to do two sets of push-ups. I don't care if they're on your toes or if they're on your knees. It doesn't matter. You're going to do the first set and it can be just three push-ups and you say negative things. I suck at sales. Nobody wants to work with me. I'm a terrible coach. Just like those, you can, you know, if you're listening to this, use those as an example. Stop, take a breath. You're going to do your second set. Again, three push-ups, the exact opposite. They're all going to be positive. I'm the best coach that there is. I like nail sales calls all the time. People are lining up to work with me. And which one's easy is what I ask them. Which, Which set is easier? Typically, and you work out like I do, typically which set is easier when you're working out? I mean, 
I'll give you my own version of this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for, your, for your being nice to yourself and saying <laughs> the affirming phrases. I love this. I'm obsessed with this. So I had given this to a woman who um, she attended one of my live workshops and she had come up to me afterwards and like, this is how I started it. She just mentioned that she just got hired in a new position. She knew that she didn't have much confidence and it was going to affect her position, you know, within the company. And so I told her, like, do this push-up exercise. Apparently she was doing it every morning and before she went to bed. She sent me an email three months later saying, I've been doing the push-up every single day, morning and night. Boy, what a difference does it make? I, so many thoughts here. So first, she probably has ripped arms. Um, so that's just like an added bonus to doing this, if anyone's listening. But what I love about this, so um, I don't remember who talks about this, but just in terms of how memories are formed in our brain, one of the ways we form memories is by repetition. One is by heightened emotional experience. And one has to do with physical exertion. Because if we think about hunter-gatherer days, like running away from a tiger or bear, like physical, mm -hmm. like it, we had to like have those memories sink in so that we could protect ourselves. So when you're doing this exercise with the push-ups and the repetition, it's like you're hitting on all of those. It's like you get the emotion, you get the repetition, you get the physical exercise. So it's like crack for your brain and <laughs> like speeding up the rewiring process. I yes. Think. Yes. And, you know, it's just such a great example, like just, an, well, I shouldn't even say it's an example, it's an experience to see how much mindset, how much what you think is affecting the rest of your body. Because as I always say, take care of from the neck up because that will take care of from the neck down. It's so great too, because I think mindset is one of, I don't know if your client, if you experience this with clients, but I think there can be a lot of resistance where it's like, no, 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 no. But like, we can talk about that later. Let's talk about the important stuff first. And it's, I think, hard because we can't see it always to believe mm -hmm. that mindset actually, we can give all the studies and brain things and tell you all the things, but I think it's hard for people to really latch onto that. So, so great. Cause then when you have that experience, you can physically feel the difference. Yeah. I've done this running before. I've noticed literally how I tell my, like talk to myself, it affects literally my speed on the, on the treadmill, but it's so nice then because you have that evidence for yourself. Oh, there is actually a connection here. Yeah. Hey, speaking of treadmill, do you um, repeat your affirmations while walking or running? Sometimes. Because Everyone's there smart. again is that, that movement. Something I do. So I'll, I'll let, I'll let you into one of my funny things that I do that I love. Um, I don't remember where I learned this, but before we fall asleep and right when we wake up, that's when our brain is like closest, like we can communicate with our subconscious the most. Yeah. So I have trained myself before I fall asleep and when I wake up, and this also means every morning when my cat wakes me up at 2 a.m. to feed her, I just repeat affirmations to myself. And so I Thank feel a little like a crazy person um, <laughs> because it's like, I just, I'm talking to myself, but it, it, it works and it's similar to doing it on the treadmill in terms of like those little pockets of time where you can like not only get those affirmations in, but where you know they're really getting yeah. into the parts yeah. of the brain where like it's going to actually get in those grooves. Uh, lately, as part of my mindset work, I've been doing self-hypnosis, like to get into mm. that, that level of, of real um, relaxation um, to visualize, you know, like that next level. You know, and so that's just, you know, programming my subconscious. 
I love a good visualization. I know I said I do all writing. And so apparently I lied because I love a good <laughs> visualization. It's so powerful. I it think it's so like part powerful. of part of the, how I went from being super shy and only being able to look at the floor and not being able to look at people. You know, one of my first public speaking jobs, I'm going to call it a job, was I, I would teach fitness classes. Mm-hmm. But I was the girl originally who was in the back, you know, where nobody could see her. And then slowly, I just kind of like started moving my way up to then I was like in the front row. And there I was like in front of like the mirror. And I was that's what I was doing. I was visualizing that I was teaching the class. Visual. I've used visualization before I knew it was a thing I used to mm-hmm. for acting roles, I would visualize like either going to a set or to an audition, like when I would go to bed, I would just visualize getting the part, visualize how easy it went or visualize. And then it would happen. And I thought I was just like a witch or something (laughs) because I just, and I realized, oh no, this is like actually a thing. This, your brain can't tell the difference between real and perceived events. And it's training in your brain. And when I moved to New York, before I started my business, I wanted to break into the advertising industry and I had no business being in the advertising industry, like literally no business being in the advertising industry. And I would go on these coffee meetings that I like somehow managed to convince people who didn't know me to take with me. And I remember on the subway, I would just visualize how well that meeting would go and what would happen and how they would introduce me to someone else. And then of course I would show up to the meeting and be confident and it would go because I'd just been visualizing it and it always went the way I visualized. So I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think, um, and tell me what, like how you feel on this, but I feel like, like children, we're almost like programmed with this stuff. And then we go through school and media and movies and, you know, depending on what mom and dad's or whoever's, you know, taking care of you, whatever their limiting beliefs are, that that's, you know, like we become indoctrinated with this information but I feel like there is like a, because when I think back, you know, just hearing your story, when I think back to like when I was younger, I did the same thing. Like nobody taught me like to go from the back of the room to the front of the room and, you know, like visualize yourself teaching the class. I almost think like there's stuff that's inside of us that is, it's, it's almost like it's preset. It's, it's in us. We just have to then learn to tap into it. I, so I literally said this to someone on a call yesterday, so I'm loving this. And I was saying, I really think so much of mindset work and what we do is we're basically unprogramming ourselves to bring back who we were as kids. Because when who we were as kids, like before the world told us who to be or before the world gave us trauma or gave us experiences or before the world, like all of these things, like all of us came and were like bright, shining kids with ideas and intuitively knew so much of this stuff. And I feel like so much of the work we do is like, how do we strip this away and get back to what we actually know deep down or we knew that we've just like piled on life crap on top of. And I feel like that's what you're saying. It's exactly what you're saying. Basically you read my mind all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we're like in sync, but yeah. And it's, that's exactly what we have to do with our clients is just like strip down all of that stuff that you know is is what's it's really it's um if you think of a brick wall and that's like the brick wall that's preventing you from having the business of your dreams 
that's having like signing on clients with ease, have, like in, like suddenly enjoying sales calls. It's all just it's all up here. You know, it's not the perfect funnel. It's not the perfect strategy. You know, it's not the beautiful website. It's not the, oh my God, let's talk about the perfect logo. <laughs> How many people like fret about, oh my God, I have to have the right logo and business name. It's like, just kind of like do what Kim did and just get out there, share content, answer questions, invite people to a call. Three things. Do what I did before I did what you're talking about, which is put all the bricks up and try to get a complicated funnel and try to make all the complicated things because I'm great evidence of it worked so much better when I was doing, like I had to take all those bricks off and just do what I started and that worked so much better. And that's what's working now. I love what you said so much. I think the brick analogy is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's such a great reminder too. It's not about needing to learn more or do more. It's almost like, how do we undo? And Mm -hmm. I think that's so much the power of coaching, what you offer your clients. And it's just that reminder. It's like, you don't need to learn more shit. You just need to take off the bricks. Yeah, because those bricks are, we're building our own prison. Mm -hmm. So that whole brick idea comes from, when I was speaking and I was, uh, before I was speaking in leadership, I was speaking on personal development. And I had this, this idea and this dream of, but this would have been like a big set to be carrying around literally from like place to place, gray um, cardboard boxes that were painted gray that I would need like somebody else. Like I, like I envisioned myself sitting there on a stage on a stool and with some of the thoughts like the I'm not good enough and somebody Mm -hmm. would come out and bring the box which is just a brick Mm -hmm. and it would say I'm not good enough and then like like I'm too old or I'm too young like and those boxes just keep coming and like I just think that that's that's what happens is that our mind is really good at okay you think you're too old okay I'll show you evidence that you're too old and that prison room gets smaller and smaller those bricks get thicker and thicker. And that's Mm -hmm. what the mindset work is, is to find the door Mm -hmm. and almost the hammer to tear down the bricks. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think of it sometimes as a backpack too. I've heard that analogy where it's like, we keep filling the bricks in the backpack and we're literally carrying away around this weight. And it's like, "Ah, you just take the backpack off. I have one client who um, talks about the prison and then she says, and what you don't realize She's like, and what this work teaches you is half of the time you've built this prison, but if you turn around, it's like the door has been open. You've just been like staring at the brick wall this whole time and making it taller. And all you have to do is turn around. And I think that's such a great, I mean, there's so many ways to think about it that say the same thing, but I love that. I'm like, sometimes you just have to turn around. Yep. That's right. Sometimes you just have to turn around. That's, that's awesome. So tell us some how we can, before I ask you my two other final questions, <laughs> how can, well, maybe I'll, I'll just ask you them first. Okay. Um, Throw them at me. What books are on your nightstand? So there is, um, our coach sent it to us. It's a fiction book. It's actually not on my nightstand. I thought it was, but it's what Alice forgot. And I'm loving it. I've been trying to read more fiction and in my audible non fiction is a book called stretched I think is the name of it I just started it and I'm really really liking it a lot but it's more like businessy mindset like not 
not the fun, fun fiction not stuff. Fun. So the fun fiction, what Alice forgot. What Alice forgot. Is your, your fun book. It's my fun book right now. That's fun. That's good. Um, and advice that you would give that you wish you had learned years ago. Oh boy. Advice I wish I had known years ago. You have nothing to apologize for. I think that's one I'm still relearning all of the time and have to give myself as advice. And I, I wish I could go back to Kim 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and just let her know you have nothing. Stop, Stop apologizing. apologizing. Yeah. Yep. I love that woman's book. And it's so true. And I catch myself um, sometimes like I apologize. I'm like, what am I apologizing? Why, why am I saying I'm sorry? You know, is that just a woman thing? It's not just because I have male clients who do this, but I do think it is much stronger in women because of how we're societally taught to be mm-hmm. nice and what's appropriate and how we can be accepted and liked. I, I don't want to keep us off on a tangent here, but I just remember the one fight I got in with my best friend in middle school was because I over-apologized. And she wrote me this long letter about how mad she was. She was like, every time you apologize, she's like, I just don't believe it anymore. You have nothing to apologize. And then it makes it not mean anything when you do need to apologize. It was this long, she was so mad at me. And it just sticks with me to this day of, and it doesn't even serve other people when we're apologizing. Right. Wow. (laughs) Um, One, thank you for writing that letter. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure it hurt at the time. Oh, that I wanted to apologize for it. (laughs) Yeah. But just that, you know, like just for her to have that insight into herself mm. that um, to know that, you know, like every time you apologize, like because you do it so much, I don't believe you when you're really sorry. Mm-hmm. I had a cousin who would, instead of saying, excuse me, like, what did you say? She would say, sorry, mm. like question mark. Mm. And I, like, I always remember her saying that. I was just like, why does she think that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do. Well, and I notice, and I promise will be the last, the last thing here, but we do it in so many ways. I see it in clients when I'm editing their copy or their content. Even if we don't say sorry, we use qualifying speech all the time. Like, I just wanted to follow up. I'm just checking in or this, is this okay if I say this? Or like, there's just different ways we will like sprinkle it in where we're not saying sorry, but we're basically saying, I'm sorry for taking up space. I'm sorry for sharing my opinion. I'm sorry for following up. And so advice to myself, stop yeah. apologizing. I think to everyone else, stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. Love that. Okay. So where can people find you, learn more about you? You can find me on my website, kimmarketsinger.com. And then where I hang out online the most is my Facebook group, Business Besties and Creative Bosses. I would love to have you. We have all sorts of free resources. Depending on when this goes out, I'll, I'll let you know what we have in terms of free resources for you. And all of that information will be down in the show notes. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Kim. Thank you so much for being on this episode. It's been such a pleasure to finally to have you on here and just have a conversation again. Thank you for having me. You are amazing. Your work is amazing. I'm just so glad we got to chat. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review 
And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner. Are you ready to leverage speaking as your best form of marketing? There are over 7,500 events looking for speakers every single day. Speaking positions you as the expert in the room, but you probably don't know where to start. So I created this great resource called the Directory of Places to Speak. This resource will help you get started today. So head on over to speakandstandout.com forward slash directory to grab your free copy now. Don't miss this opportunity to be the expert speaking to audiences filled with your ideal clients.